From Holy Family HTX, an Episcopal church for people without a church, this is the Holy Family Podcast, a collection of ideas about leading a Jesus-centered life. We clearly explore the church's understandings while bringing our own questions, curiosities, and doubts, and we never demand fake agreement. Theological exploration is just better that way. So, let's take a moment of silence as we get ready to contemplate today's ideas. Caesar's empire created the cross for one specific reason, and that was to deter terrorism. Did you know that? Bread thieves don't get crucified. Crucifixion was reserved for insurrectionist types. If you stole some bread, they had other ways of telling you not to do that again. But think about all of the federal, you know, like, man-hours that have to go into a crucifixion, and the tools. I mean, to pull off a crucifixion is a very public spectacle that requires a lot of work. Caesar used a cross to make a public spectacle of people in order to send a message through that person to everybody else who might dare to challenge the empire's power. There is only one Lord of the world. He is all-powerful. And his name is Caesar. Fall in line. This is not an ancient story. This past week marked the International Day of Commemoration in memory of the victims of the Holocaust. A time to remember. Six million of God's chosen people, the Jews, and many more whose lives were ended by Nazis. This is no ancient genocide. Just this week, I heard Holocaust survivors on TikTok. This is not an ancient story. In the words of the Reverend Dean Kelly Brown Douglas, another young gifted black man, Tyree Nichols, is lost to the violence of anti-blackness. So we're an Episcopal church. And we have a presiding bishop, and his name is Michael Curry, and he gave a pastoral word this week. He said that sense cannot be made of the murder of a young man at the hands of five men whose vocation and calling are to protect and serve. This is evil and senseless. With the murder of Tyree Nichols, another mother, as in biblical texts, weeps. With the mothers of Emmett Till, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and so many others. Family grieves, community fears, a nation is ashamed. Like the psalmist in the Bible, something in us cries out, how long, O Lord? Like, how long? How long violence? How long cruelty? How long the utter disregard for the dignity and worth of every child of God? How long? 
And then we come in and the lectionary text tells us that we're going to stand up in church and hear with words from the Hebrew prophet Micah. You want to know what God requires from humans? The prophet Micah walks to the mic and says, uh, yeah, number one, do justice. Uh, number two, embrace faithful love. And number three, walk humbly with your God and drops the mic and walks out. This is not an ancient story. Now, Jesus Christ speaks from a mountain in today's gospel. Did you know that he does that five times in Matthew's gospel? Perhaps it's one for each book of Torah. Now, here's the thing with today's gospel. If your life is pretty much altogether fine without God, or you've pretty much found a way to be self-sufficient, I'll bet Jesus' words today probably sound a little weird to your ears. But for those well acquainted with deep pain, unresolved inequity, the threat of violence, for those who know the difference, and there is a real difference between optimism and hope, Jesus' words, gospel, well, they may sound like Finally, someone is talking about being right-side-up in an upside-down world. Jesus, in this sermon, blesses those who we all assume are cursed. Blessed are those who are hopeless, because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Are you hopeless today? Jesus Christ sees you and writes a new narrative. You are blessed. Blessed are those who grieve because they will be made glad. In Jesus Christ, you have a God who sees you when you grieve. And I know that for many of you, people come to church for lots of different reasons. And I don't judge any of the reasons. Whatever reason you came with today is great. And I understand that for some of you, the reason you came today is because you may not even want to say it out loud, but you are grieving. And you're like, I haven't even shared this with my loved one yet. I haven't even told my spouse, but I am grieving. Jesus Christ sees your grief. Blessed are those who are humble because... I know it doesn't look like it, but they're actually going to be the ones who inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Did you know that the word, our English word righteous is the same Greek word as justice? Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for justice. Because they will be fed. Not just once, but until they are full. Blessed are those who show mercy. They'll actually receive mercy. They know what mercy is. Blessed are those who have pure hearts. They're the ones who will see God. Blessed are those who make peace. Peacemakers, you show me a peacemaker, Jesus says, I'll show you a child of God. And blessed are those whose lives are harassed because they are just. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is literally already theirs. They're already living 
participating in, embodying the kingdom of heaven. St. Oscar Romero once said that there are many things that can only be seen through eyes that have cried. I wonder what you have learned to see in this life after you have cried. You have a God in Jesus Christ who can see things because Jesus cries. Now I know the cross does not seem full of glory or power. In fact, it appears to be the antithesis of glory and power. To me, the cross just frankly looks like shame and weakness. And the reason it seems this way is because we are convinced that we know what glory and power and frankly God is without the epiphany. Oh, it's easy. God, God is Glorious, powerful, big. I mean, really big. And then, every liturgy, we stick a cross in somebody's hand and say, parade that around the room. Process that around the room and remind us. Put that epiphany in front of us again, because we forget. We call that person, uh, the bougie Episcopal language is um, the crucifer, but it means someone who bears the cross. It's a really important job. Someone's got to, I mean, it's, it's frankly, from a utilitarian perspective, you can worship without someone parading the cross around. And yet, it's a core act that we do because we always forget. Jesus' cross, the ministry of the crucifer, challenges us. Although it might be easier for those of us whose eyes have had to cry, to find the shame in honor and find the honor in shame, to find the down and the up and the up and the down. We are challenged to find in the cross humanity in glory and to find the living God even in death. We are challenged to find greatness in small, hidden acts of humility that no one ever sees or thanks you for. We are challenged in the cross to find our success, not in our LinkedIn, but in our small acts of service to other people. Above all, the epiphany that the cross is the power of God challenges us to find the greatness of God in the smallness of God. You can find more resources to help you lead a Jesus-centered life at holyfamilyhtx.org. Again, it's holyfamilyhtx.org.